This is the Narrative Shift Podcast, where we talk about faith, justice, race, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Terrence Lester. And I'm Johnny Taylor. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to episode 24 of the Narrative Shift Podcast. What's up, Terrence? What's up, John? This is 24? Episode 24. This is the 24th time that we've put on headphones and picked up microphones to talk about different issues, different stuff that's going on in the world. Man, how do you feel today? Yeah, I feel pretty good, man. So you're telling me that this is the 24th time that we put on headphones. Yep, that's right. Second time we've had to wear masks, though. Right, yeah. I'm having to keep, like, it's weird, like, I'm having to keep this, like, far away from my face so yeah. I don't hit my mask. It's weird. <laughs> you don't want to hit your mask. But, right. yeah, yep. I mean, uh, today, man, you know, I've I've been thinking a lot about just the, the pressure um, that is being felt by many different people, even myself. Um, there's so many things that have has caused uh, pressure uh, to be felt uh, over the last what almost half a year yeah. uh, in the middle of the pandemic. And uh, you know, one of the things I've been doing a lot lately is just uh, finding intentional moments to spend time with God, but also uh, to remind myself uh, that there's still hope. Um, but, you know, many people don't have an opportunity to, to even think about what hope is right now. Right. And I guess that's one of the things I would like to talk about today, man, is, you know, how, how does someone, you know, uh, cope with the pressure um, without knowing the the end date? Um, you know, what, what, do you, what do you think, man? Yeah, man. And I was even thinking, like, on my way here, like, you know, it's kind of like rainy and bleary out. And, you know, you look at the news and there's just like everything in the world, it seems like it's going wrong. Like the West Coast is literally burning down right now. Like right. I saw friends over there post pictures of their house that had burned down. And Oh, my goodness. Uh, like I know like uh, we're going through like personal stuff, uh, just yeah. like with family and other things like that. And. Man, it just seems like everywhere you look, like there's no hope. And like, how how do we stay grounded in times like this, yeah. like where there just doesn't seem to be an end in sight? And it's like everywhere you look, there's something else that uh, right th- that gives you reason to lose hope again. Right. Even uh, in politics, man. Um, you know, it's political season. Uh, we've seen so many, I don't know if you watch the, the ads that come on television, but all these, uh, paid for by marketing ads that politician use, uses to slander (laughs) their opponents. And then you have, uh, Christians on both sides who are going against each other, um, heightened racial tension. People are still being shot and killed by police officers uh, I know you mentioned the personal things like, uh, you know, my wife and I have a family member right now that's still on a ventilator uh, who is my age, you know, from COVID. And uh, the doctors have, have, have told us that, 
you know, uh, our family members' lungs are completely gone and there's no hope, uh, but we're still praying through. And, you know, all of that just seems to corner us, uh, like you say, and uh, it creates a darkness, man. You know, one of the things that I've been personally doing is uh, creating space for me to just uh, work out um, working out has been very ther- therapeutic for me because I spend that time praying. I spend that time thinking about uh, the things that are before me and around me that I can be grateful for, but also uh, use that time to, to really just uh, connect with God. You know, I've heard it said many times that, um, you know, there will be times where you feel like you can't trace God. Uh, but those are the times where you, you have to trust, trust God the most, um, and try to see, uh, the ways in which God is even using the crisis moments, uh, to shape and fashion something good. And, uh, I, I've just been focusing in on that. Another thing too, uh, that I've been doing is, is, uh, reading content and digesting content, uh, that builds, up my, my soul and spirit, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, we tend to over consume, uh, negative things. I mean, even gosh, man, on my timeline now, if I were to hit a, uh, a refresh, you know, there'll be a slew of new posts, uh, you know, wide ranging from, you know, uh, people attacking uh, political leaders to, you know, another police brutality case to whatever. And I've had to even taper uh, and censor and even silence and mute uh, some accounts that I follow, man, just for my own personal sanity, because I want to protect that space uh, because negative content can be used by the enemy to also add pressure and, um, you know, uh, insult the injury if you're in a place where you feel that pressure. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, you've got this fine line too. Like you have to stay balanced because you can't totally withdraw yourself from the pain and the negative in the world. Like you do have to lean in. Yeah. But it's like finding that, that, that boundary of leaning in, but not falling in, you know, like not being totally consumed with it. And it's like we almost have to find a way to to be at peace and have uh, rest and stillness in our hearts without actually uh, like withdrawing. Like we still have to get our hands dirty, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It remind that reminds me of the quote by uh, uh, the theologian Karl Barth okay. when he said uh, that we should always have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. Right. Yeah. Uh, meaning that uh, we should never be so heavenly minded that we're not earthly good or, you know, we need to find balance between uh, being grounded, but also realizing that there are things that are going on around us that we need to be aware about. Uh, and, you know, <clears throat> I, I, I definitely try to, to find uh, spaces where I am uh, in touch with you know, current events and and things that are going on because a part of, you know, my role in following uh, Jesus in the way that I do is to uh, advocate, you know, a a theologically grounded perspective of what's going on 
And if I don't know what's going on, then I can't do that. Um, I think one of the greatest ways to actually live your life um, is to lead by example. You know, we have too many sermons and not enough uh, lifestyle uh, sermons. And, you know, uh, that's one of the things that I try to do. But I also, uh, you know, wanted to ask you, man, what what have you been doing uh, to stay grounded? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could even say that I have stayed grounded this mm. entire time. I know there's definitely been times where, like, I feel like I've kind of, like, totally lost hope and, like, mm. you know, been disconnected. Uh, but some things I do try to do um, is, like, you know, communicate with family and friends. Like, Oh, that's good. Remember, like, none of us, none of this is happening in a bubble, and, like, none of us are really alone. And, like, we're, all, we're all going through stuff. Uh, difficult things uh, for some of us, the hardest things we've ever been through, but we're not going through these things alone. And uh, we, we can always find a little bit of comfort uh, in, in knowing that there are others going uh, through this with us, like that we're not alone and there, there is hope in community, so to speak. Um, another thing I've done is I do try to like uh, disconnect a little bit. Um, mm. Sometimes like, I think it's okay for us to like get lost in a book or mm. uh, watch a TV show or something like that. Like I know one other thing like our society like kind of makes us feel guilty about is like the moments we're, when we're not busy. Oh, yeah. You know, like you, you, people almost like glorify busy. Yeah. And it's almost like where like you almost feel like a little bit guilty about doing like wasting your time, so to speak. Like watching a TV show. But man, I think when it comes down to it, like if we're resting, like if that really like fills us up, like it's not a waste of time at all. Right. Because it's, it's, it's there. Those are the moments that you recharge. Right. I mean, that's what helps fuel the, the important parts of life, so to speak. Right. Man, I remember, uh, I was given a talk, uh, one time and I used, uh, the illustration of the check engine light and everybody has had a check engine light come on um, and have has driven their cars <clears throat> ignoring that that sign until all of a sudden something drastic happens and you have to put your car in the shop and then you know the bill is you know a, a very high price um, but all the time uh, this warning sign was on you know letting you know that something, uh, was going on. And the thing about the analogy is that when the light is on, nobody knows. Nobody knows, right? The car is still intact. Uh, you can go and get it washed. If you have rims on your car, or, you know, it, it's a nice looking car. Nobody will ever know what's going on on the inside. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that we also have to do is consider uh, having that maintenance is what what you're. I hear you saying uh, rest is just like maintenance. Why why would you continue to drive yourself into the ground without uh, having those frequent moments to stop, rest, and recharge? Right. It's like it would almost be like if you tried to like drive your car like on on empty. Mm. Like you you know you might get a few miles on the road on those fumes, but eventually you're gonna stop. Like mm. it doesn't matter you know, 
it just doesn't matter like how far you're trying to go. Like eventually, like you're going to stop if you don't have gas. Mm. Yeah, man. And who wants to be on the side of the road? I don't think anybody does. Let's talk about that. Let's uh, talk about the side of the road. Right. Because there may be some people on the side of the road. Yeah. And the the thing about it is, and, you know, I'm speaking now because I think we've all had moments where we've been in our cars since we're using this analogy where we are have been on the side of the road. Um, it's a very vulnerable place uh, because, like, you're forced to wait, right? You're mm-hmm. forced to deal with. Uh, issues that maybe you've put off. Um, there's a vulnerability there too because you're wanting to know: Will anybody come? Right. <laughs> will I be alone in this? Right. Yeah. And then it's also like you have this added frustration when, like, you see somebody zoom past you, and here you are stuck on the side of the road, stuck. And there's this flow of traffic just getting where they're where they want to, and it's like, man, right? Like that that should be me, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, emotions arise. You know, there's anger, but there's a lot of doubt as well. And I think it's moments when we feel stuck is when, you know, the enemy uses doubt the most uh, to hinder us from even getting to a place where we can get back on uh, our journey. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, man. What, what do you do? Uh, what do you, what would you say to someone who may feel like they are on the side of the road right now? And one thing I know about being stuck on the side of the road is you you will almost never get off the side of the road by yourself. Mm. Like you've got to call back up. Mm. That's good. Say that again. <laughs> I said if if you're stuck on the side of the road, like ninety nine percent of the time, you're not going to get out of that alone. Like mm. you're going to have to have somebody come get you off the side of the road. Wow. Uh, whether it means, you know, like they're bringing you uh, gas if you ran out of gas or filling up your tire if you got flat or literally picking you up and taking you somewhere if your car is beyond the normal repairs. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Somebody's going to have to step in into that moment and, and literally bring you bring you out of it. So you need community. You need community. Another thing too, man, because uh, I like this analogy, is that um, sometimes when you're on the side of the road, we don't even realize that there are tools nearby. Yeah. Um, there are tools around us. Uh, and, uh, you know, I remember specifically one time when I was a lot younger, I may have just got my first car or something. And I caught a flat tire. Obviously, I had a spare tire in the trunk. And um, I remember calling out uh, to my parents because I needed somebody to come get me. And uh, my mom told me to call my grandfather, and I called him. And he said, well, do you have a, a spare tire in the car? I said, yeah. And he told me to look up under this certain thing. And uh, he helped, he led me to the tools, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, basically what I'm, I'm trying to say is that, you know, after you reach out to people, sometimes those people can guide you to the necessary tools that you need 
Maybe it's a sermon. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's some type of course. Maybe it's uh, a prayer. Uh, maybe it's some something to kind of like center yourself uh, to get you back in a place uh, where you can continue to go forward. And the thing about tools is once you use them, you know, you don't discard them or throw them away. Mm-hmm. You keep them around in case you need them again. Uh, but my my encouragement to the uh, someone who may be listening to this is that not only do you uh, you may have tools nearby, but there may be tools that you need to seek out that you don't have, you know? Yeah. And I think that's good that you speaking into like what tools are nearby, because, you know, like like, for instance, when you have a spare tire or you have that uh, car jack, like it's inside your car. Yeah. So sometimes you got to check like what's inside me mm. that may help me get through this situation. Right. Um, I think another important thing is to know, like you got to know why you're on the side of the road mm. before like we even move past anything. Like yeah. if you've got a That's flat true. tire, like you don't call somebody and say, Hey, I need some gas or. Right. right. Or if you, if you need a, your radiator burst it. Or, or busted, um, and your car runs hot, or you got to know the issues, is right. what you're saying. Yep, you got to know what got you where you are. Mm. Uh, not only to get you out of the situation at that moment, but in the future, like you know, to avoid that. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, and I think what we're alluding to is that you know uh, there will be moments in your life where you feel. Like you're on the side of the road stuck um, and you're not going anywhere. Uh, But there are things that you can do in those moments to increase the hope is what we're saying. Um, There are many people right now all around the country uh, that's feeling this pressure that definitely needs hope. Uh, Another thing, too, uh, this just came to me, is that, you know... If you're someone who is on uh, your journey and you're you're the person that just zooms by um, and you're finding yourself and you have a full tank and all this stuff, you also need to be very aware of your surroundings because sometimes you can become that person to help another person uh, get unstuck. And what I mean is, is being sensitive uh, to those who are around you to know when they need a word of encouragement, uh, they need to be seen. They may need, uh, for you to be intentional about the ways in which you reach out to them. Um, you are to, to notice people, not just to be on the side of, uh, be on the journey and passing by people. Um, I think we have a responsibility not only, uh, to maintain our groundedness and our, and our hope, but also to find ways in which we can provide hope and encourage hope in other people. Yeah, I think when we when we were driving down the road and we see somebody stuck in a ditch, man, I think we're almost obligated to help pull them out of that ditch in whatever means uh, we may may have to do that. Yeah, yeah, that, and, and I think that's part of the journey of being a believer or a person who wants to exemplify goodwill uh, in this world, man, is to be on the lookout, uh, be willing and on guard, ready to, to provide whatever 
you can to be a service to another person or humanity. Yeah, I mean, the the gospel paints such a clear picture of this in the story of the Good Samaritan, right? Yeah. Like, there, there are these people who do pass by uh, when they see their uh, fellow neighbor on earth in a ditch, uh, mm. abandoned and yeah. beaten. There are people who, who pass by, but there, there was that one person who did stop. Yeah. Stop. Saw. And then I, I love the, the text where it says he went to where he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's one thing, um, and this is a side note, but, you know, many people stop. And we live in this uh, modern digital age. Many people stop and they pull out their cell phones to record <laughs> somebody else's suffering. But, uh, you know, or, you know, they don't have any heart behind stopping. And that's what I'm getting at. Like, it's not enough just to stop and observe, but, you know, offer a hand. He went over there to where he was and he picked him up and put him on his his uh, animal and literally um, carried him to uh, safety. Yeah, he stepped into the situation. He didn't yeah. just uh, observe it from a distance. Yeah. Uh, he was an active participant. Yeah. And that's how we have to be, though, uh, because in essence, when we're not being that, then are we just taking up space? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Who wants to just live a life all about themselves? Yeah, I don't think anybody really does want that deep down. I think we all want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves when it comes down to it. That's good. And, man, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important to stay encouraged and to be looking out for hope. Because when we get into these hopeless situations, when we... Uh, find ourselves on the side of the road like man it's hard to picture something bigger uh, Mm. bigger than ourselves at that moment yeah it is it is Um, you know it's it's like the you know many communicators have have said before you know it's it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when Uh, at some point we will all find ourselves on the side of the road and we will all stand in need of someone uh, coming over to us to remind us that we are loved, we are worthy, that we are valued and even helping us in a way uh, to, to get us back on our own individual journeys. And um, I think that all, that all speaks to the notion that there is no such thing as a self-made or self-made woman or man Um, that we are all byproducts of uh, someone else's sweat, equity, um, sacrifice. And, uh, you know, uh, we've all stood on the shoulders of those who have gone before us and those who dare to stand beside us in our worst moments. Would you say? Yeah. And even in the small things, that's true. Yeah. Like, down to the person who bought you lunch yeah back in high school because you didn't have the extra cash to to go out and you know hang out with friends like every little thing uh people have done for you has gotten you to where you are and there there are none of us like you said who have who have gotten here on our own none of us have been 
totally self-sufficient. Right. Uh, I mean, it's just we. No matter what your situation is, who you are, like we have all relied on people at some point, and we'll need to rely on other people again at another point in life. That's that's. I mean, it's just so true. There's no way around it, man. In in closing, man, what would you? There's two people or two groups of people. There's one group that may find themselves on the side of the road, and then there's another group that may find themselves wanting to give hope. Uh, what do you say to both of them? Man, I say uh, if you're one of those people who wants to give hope, like you've got to be looking for those opportunities. Yeah. Uh, actively looking. Um I think there are many of them. Not like stalker, stalking. No, or no, anything, but, but <laughs> like just being like aware, being yeah, present in yeah. every moment. Like mm. what, what are the needs of those around me? Um, because I think a lot of the times we can kind of overthink and uh, make make ourselves believe that we're not the person for that, or mm. um, you know, like what can I do about it? But the smallest things can can help change. And I think if you're one of those people on the side of the road, like you have to remember that somebody is coming. Mm. Um, no matter how long you're on the side of the road, eventually somebody will show up to help you. And I think uh, I would almost want to add this like combination of the two. Um, like you might be on the side of the road and see somebody on the other side uh, who's also stuck. And you may have what they need um, to for them to get out of that situation. Hmm. You know, the the person across from you might be out of gas, and you might have a full gas tank, even though your tire's flat. Mm-hmm. And I think there are situations where you can still help and give hope, even when you're in a place of being stuck and mm-hmm. hopeless. That's good. Yeah, man, that is that is so such a great reminder. And for me, man, I, I would just say if you're a person um, who is in need of hope, um, you know, feel all of your emotions in this moment, uh, but don't keep them to yourself. Uh, open your mouth, communicate, allow people to, to understand where you are. Um, be vulnerable. Lean into that because, you know, uh, you you can never uh, you can never have your needs met if nobody knows what those needs are. You know, uh, be reminded that vulnerability is not a weakness; it's a strength. It, it's something that God uses to uh, bring you to the best version of yourself. And if you're someone who is uh, wanting to offer hope. I would say, um, you know, just as John said, you know, look for those rare opportunities. Be aware. Man, I remember, uh, and this is just an illustration story. I was in, I think I was in Ingalls, <laughs> the grocery store. And uh, this is when the pandemic first started. And I just walked in and I could just literally see the frustration in all of the uh, frontline workers' eyes, right? Because here it is, they're on the front lines, risking their lives uh, with this virus, COVID. And, you know, they're serving all of the patrons, myself included, 
uh, going in to get groceries. And I remember standing in line and this cashier, she was just about in tears. I was like two people back. Uh, she didn't have a bagger. She was bagging all the groceries and uh, it was a couple of people that was really uh, rude uh, to her. And I was just watching the whole thing, uh, just being aware. And I got up there and uh, I mean, literally, bro, she's in tears. And I, I go, I say, well, is everything all right? And she, uh, you know, explained a little her situation and I remember um, something just like laid it on my heart to get cash back and give it to her. You know, the amount doesn't matter. But like I did that and dude, like she I know we were supposed to like social distance, but she broke down. She came over around and gave me a hug. And then her manager came over and like they started talking and uh, I'm walking off and she just looked at me and said, thank you. Thank you. And I tell this story not to, like, puff myself up, but, like, there are people in different moments, man, that just need to be reminded that they're seen. Because all of these people were just, like, treating her like trash just because, you know, she was a cashier and all that stuff. But, you know, look for rare moments, man. Uh, they're all around us. Uh, there's not a day that goes by that there isn't a need. Yeah, you don't ever know who it will be or where, but there is there is always need. That's yeah. true. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, here it is, guys. We're at the end of the 24th episode. It's crazy. It is. Yeah, this was a good one, man. I think so. Yeah, I think I was, I, I've been a little bit inspired talking through this, and I hope everybody who's listened also gained something from it. Yeah, me, this conversation. Yeah, me as well, man. So uh, let's do the social media thing. Yeah. So Terrence, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Yeah, if you want to look me up, it's uh, I'm Terrence Lester. That's I M T E R E N C E L E S T E R. That's Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, uh, if you want to check out our organization, you can go to lovebeyondwalls.org. Or follow us on the same social accounts at Love Beyond Walls. What about you, John? Yep, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Johnny Taylor ninety five. That's J O H N N Y T A Y L O R ninety five. And also, I'd like to add that a little over a year ago, we started a museum. Yeah. Uh, to help share the stories of the people uh, we work with who are unseen. Yeah. And you can also follow the work of that museum on on Instagram. Uh, I think we're on Twitter too, right? Yeah, and Facebook. Facebook, yep. And that's Dignity Museum. Yep. Uh, And yeah, you can check that out. Yeah. And look out for more episodes. Uh, Thank you, guys. It's been a fun time.